Hello and welcome back to another episode of Motor City Bets. My name is Trevor and as always, we're joined today by our good friend in the capital of the state, Josh Gatowski. How you doing, buddy? Trevor Lang, it's good to hear from you, brother. It's uh, it's, it's been an up and down weekend, you know, with the gambling as as it continues on week in, week out, day by day, you know. But I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting to, you know, a little into some big time stuff that we have going on here in the state of Michigan pertaining to sports. You know, we'll dive into a little bit of early Super Bowl talk. And then uh, Trevor and I will kind of get down into some of our, our bets for this weekend, what we like, what we don't like, and uh, how we're doing along on the uh, on the show. Trevor, my friend, how are you doing? You know what, sir? I'm doing just fine. I'm also having a bit of an up and down weekend. I feel like every time I, I refresh one of my one of my sportsbook apps, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm the smartest gambler to ever walk this earth. And then the next time I open it, I'm like, oh my God, Why? I've uh, I've fallen into the trap of believing in myself, and that's led me to throw some money where I probably otherwise would not have. But before we get too far into that, once again, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Josh and I are by no means professionals, so please don't handicap with us. If anything, and we'll get to this later, you should probably be fading me as my record on the show is starting to really slip away. <laughs> um, but before we hop, Josh, into the Michigan sports update segment here today, I want to thank our friends, Gunner and Cal from last weekend for hopping in and talk a little bit of a little bit of hockey. They've been texting me all weekend in one of our group chats talking constantly about the bets they've been making and how, you know, how they think they're getting even better. So we'll, we'll definitely check back in with those guys in a few weeks to see how their, their young careers are starting off. And on that note, we're also going to have some guys on to talk a little bit of basketball here in the coming weeks. I think without any further ado, there's like this one thing that happened you know, kind of randomly, not really the biggest deal, but I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but, you know, we traded Matt Stafford, started Starting quarterback, I mean, he's, he's all right. I mean, he didn't really do too much for us. You know, no playoff wins, so I guess he's kind of a bust as a first-round pick. Uh, we traded him out to L.A. for a guy by the name of Jared Goff, who also was a first overall first-round pick only in 2017. 16. Uh, 16, my bad. Um, and we, we also got a third-round pick in this up-and-coming draft and two first-round picks in the subsequent drafts after this. You, did you did you see the news of this, Josh? I feel like it was pretty under the radar. Yeah, you know, I think with uh, all the commotion going on this weekend, it it, uh, it kind of just slid by. No, 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 no. <laughs> this was this uh, this this took over the Twitter stratosphere and really the NFL stratosphere uh, on Saturday night. Lions, like you said, they were able to walk away with. In my opinion, was a was a hell of a deal for Matt Stafford, you know, kind of reflecting on the trade. My initial thoughts were I, I minimally want a first round draft pick for Matt Stafford and then anything else, you know, we can get on, on top of it. I really wanted two first rounders. Thankfully, we were able to get that. Now, granted, it's not in this year's draft. Uh, the first one is in 2022. The next one is in 2023. So we do have to wait think, for that. But I think that that's honestly genius because I think that, you know, with the limited playing of some players this year and shortened seasons and COVID and restrictions on scouting and all this and all that, 
I think that this 2021 draft is going to get kind of kind of freaky, and we're going to give a draft review later on. So we'll get deeper into our, our draft philosophy then. But I don't know, man. I love. I fucking love this. Like I'm so. I, I I'm sad to see Stafford go. First and foremost, I think that he really embodied this city and especially the time he came in, you know, starting in 09 after a fucking 0 and 16 season. Detroit was suffering from the shock of the automobile industry needing to be bailed out. Like, it was a tough fucking place to be. And he came in. He fucking never stopped working, never took his goddamn hard off, hard hat off. And was truly the embodiment of the spirit of this city. And I, and for that, he'll always hold a special place in my heart. But at the same time, we are, we're not a Super Bowl contending team. So to see him go to a team that has perpetually been making the playoffs with one of the smartest coaches in the league, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for him. I hope that he does well. I, I wish him the best of success out there. And I think that getting Jared Goff, I don't – like there's – Jared Goff is is one of those quarterbacks so far that I think has an interesting career trajectory. I feel like two years ago, he was favored as one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football. And then this year, he had a bit of an off year, and all of a sudden, people are like, oh, he sucks. Get rid of him. Bench him. He's not a starter. Why is he even in this league? He should be playing in the CFL. So Interesting. I don't think that, I mean, out of, out of all quarterbacks that we could assign in free agency, I mean, Jared Goff wasn't a free agent, but uh, all guys who could possibly be the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions next year, not named Matt Stafford, Jared Goff isn't, is, is relatively high on my list. I mean, I would prefer, obviously, so the likes of Trevor Lawrence or Patrick Mahomes or, or any of those, the like of those right, guys. Right. But, we weren't going to get that. That was never. No. That was never in the realm of possibility. No shot. I didn't really want Deshaun Watson because I don't know. I, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I also think he's got a bit of an ego issue. And also, I mean, he he doesn't want to play for another dog shit team, which is very fair to him because he's a talented goddamn player. And I don't know if he would have worked out in Detroit because we are not exactly the most talented team right now. So I think Jared Goff. I think. I don't think it's a bad fit, Josh. What do you What do you think? I saw your face there when I was talking. You, you kind of looked like you were disagreeing. Let's uh, well, let's hash this out a bit. <laughs> you know, I I definitely have a lot of uh, walking away from this trade. I have a lot more that I'm excited about than I am disappointed. You know, like you said, Matt Stafford was everything not only to the Detroit Lions but to the city of Detroit. He was. He was about, he represented the nitty grittiness that, you know, people love or used to admire, love about Detroit sports. You know, I think the big takeaway for, for me had to have been three years, five first round draft picks. That's, that's kind of hard to pass up on, especially for the direction that this team is headed. You know, Dan Campbell has said this is, going to be a two, three year process before you start seeing results. And I think, you know, having those five first round draft picks is really, really going to help speed up that process. However, we did start to see a decline in Jared Goff. When we first, he first came into the league, you know, Sean McVay, the mastermind, you know, coordinator, game plan uh, coach, he was able to make Jared Goff look really good. 
now you're taking Jared Goff into a situation where he does not have an established schematically advanced coach and he doesn't have the same kind of weapons, you know, Robert Woods, uh, Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, you know, the, just, to, just to name a few, as well as a really good defense to back him up. The Lions have a terrible defense and they've lost. They, they do have some weapons, you know, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson. We'll see what they're going to do with Kenny Galladay. You know, but with the direction of this team and where they're headed, I'm fine with Jared Goff, especially if, you know, after two years, we can cut him and we're not going to have any dead cap hit or, or, or anything, you know, that's going to affect our salary. I'd still really like to see the Lions take a quarterback at seven. I'd love to get Trey Lance. Mm. But if they choose to <laughs> if they choose to go a different direction, um, I'd be open to Micah Parsons at linebacker, you know, Devontae Smith at wide receiver because if I'm being honest if the Lions are going into this rebuild and they're going they're going head on I think they got to franchise tag Kenny and and tr- try to trade him this season yep. and get more draft capital yep. because that's the that's what's going to help this team moving forward is those cheap contracts and being able to have all this young talent to develop because this team's not going to be good even with Jared Goff, a we'll say top twelve quarterback in the NFL, he 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 holds his own. He's a talented quarterback. I mean, he he was the number one overall draft pick in in twenty sixteen. And I the, the other part that I do like is you know we can roll with Jared Goff. I also would love to see the Lions flip Jared Goff and maybe trade him to Indy or, or Washington because I was reading reports about how there were teams that were interested. So I'd really, really love to to see them try and flip him, get more draft capital, and then really get a quarterback at, at seven. So, you know, we're see, months I, away from the draft, but we'll have to wait and kind of see. What about uh, – how do you feel about that, Trev? I kind of want to see Jared Goff play a season in Detroit. Um, he didn't have a good year as we touched on last year. He was battling injuries on and off, and I, and I think that him and Sean McVay were having some issues. There's obviously some beef that's, that surfaced afterwards on Twitter and other social media uh, platforms, but not reading too into that because I think most of that's bullshit. I, I do think that just the on-field play type of what was happening, you could tell that there was a the miscommunication uh, between McVay and, and golf, especially towards the end there. And I think that, that that's okay. You know, not everybody's going to see eye to eye. I think it's pretty safe to say Patricia and, and Stafford weren't exactly homies. So I think that, know. I think that we could, you know, if we could flip him to some somebody like Indy, I wouldn't be too upset. I think if you could play, in D, I think for his career, I think he comes into Detroit expectations couldn't possibly be fucking lower. <laughs> he leads us to like, what we had five wins last year, four or five wins, three or four yeah, the year five. before that. I can't even remember. It's so fucking shitty. Let's say we go fucking seven and nine. It's not good. It's still pretty bad. Yeah. But if we go seven and nine, he doesn't look like a complete dumbass. Then his draft capital, I think, goes up. And I think that we could trade to a team, you know, that, that might need him. I don't, I don't, I don't really hate that idea. My only real concern with that is the, you know, the. I would say the Lions have an above average offensive line, and their offense is not looking 
great. So one thing that would worry me, I do really like that idea, and I would love to see him have a great year and us flip him to a contending team that needs a quarterback. I'm just really worried that the Lions are going to be really bad, and he's not he's not going to be able to showcase you know the areas of his game that he advances in as a quarterback. That's, I would say that's really my only concern there. With, yeah. With your I can see that there, Trevor. Well, my thought process here is that if we get him for a first or a second round out of this year, next year's draft, that to me is a win. As long as his trade value can stay above a second, like a second or above, then we're doing okay. Because, you know, let's say we're real bad next year. We still have two first round picks in that 2022 draft. So if we're really bad, we can potentially have a higher draft pick anyway. So we can draft a better quarterback. If we're not really bad for middle of the pack that we can, you know, we can keep bolstering that defense to the draft, which I really think is where we're, where we're missing out on. I, I think that I do think our offensive line to your points pretty okay. They've been really bad, but we've been working on that over the past few years. And I think they're to a point now where they're, where they're good and they have a good chemistry and a good legacy for lack of a better word. <sighs> Receiving core on the lines has always been pretty okay. Um, you know, we'll never have another Calvin Johnson. There might not ever be another Calvin Johnson. That's still up for, for debate historically, especially, you know, there's always the greatest of all time, this or that. It's like we don't necessarily need to get that conversation right now. But Calvin Johnson was a special talent. And I don't know if there's another guy quite like him. Maybe DK Metcalf. I don't, I don't know. That's a conversation for the for the true offseason. Um, but that being said, I do think that there's a chance – for us to continue to kind of go well here. And, and I would like to see Jared Goff get that opportunity. Um, that being said, though, you know, if Andy comes to us, if they call up, you know, the front office and like, hey, we'll trade you our first round pick right now for, for Jared Goff. You'd probably take that. You Yeah, you would, you would <laughs> you reasonably, reasonably take it. No probably doubt. take that. <laughs> But um, I think just from a fan's perspective, it's it's kind of nice to see the fact that, like, you have – I think Jerry Goff provides more hope than the likes of, like, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel, I'm sure, is a good guy. He's got kind of a cool name, but uh, I don't want Chase Daniel my starting quarterback in 2021. I would much rather have Jared Goff. And, and unless we can get – somebody who is a bona fide starter or pick up somebody in the draft who can be a bona fide starter. I want somebody who at least has starting experience in the NFL. Trevor, if Chase Daniel was leading the team at under center come week one of that, you're looking at another 0 and 16 team. That's, that's what I'm I mean, saying, man. That's, that's the huge difference between talent between golf and Daniel. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't realistically, I didn't think, Chase Deanna was going to be the starting quarterback. I had a feeling that they were going to draft a quarterback and he would, you know, start halfway through the season. I think this is, a you know, a, a year or two ahead move by the Lions because if there's not a quarterback that they're in love with and they're not willing to get at seven, I think you've bought yourself a year or two where you can draft a quarterback in 2022 or 2023 and you could fill other holes. Which is is where I would rather see them go because we don't have an emotional leader on defense and we haven't had an emotional leader on defense since the Chris Spielman days. 
And I think that we get a guy who can really, you know, for if we can get a guy who can really be the quarterback of the defense, really the whole personality, you know, really just bring the emotional leadership and also like the, the talent leadership. If we can get a good Mike linebacker, and really cement the identity of this defense, which I think MCDC is going to do a great job of bringing bringing some some integrity to the to the game. But that's what I want to see focus on. And I don't think this fan base has the stomach to go 0 for 16 two times in the last two decades. Um, I just don't think that we have it. I think that MCDC's whole fucking career will be thrown away as a head coach if we go 0 and 16, even if it's probably not his fault. So I definitely want to see us keep keep Jared Goff or, you know, if we find our quarterback in the draft, we find our quarterback. But I think that we've kind of beat this dead horse enough times here, Josh. I want to I want to move on to another dead horse that could use a little bit more beating. And that Let's is the it. state of affairs of the Michigan State University basketball team. Are we dead? Are we done? Is it over? It's it's about as as close to over as it can be, Trevor. I now think this team's tournament odds are 25-30%. They're going to have to essentially win out the rest of the, the 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 basketball season. And I just I don't see that happening with this team. You know, Tom Izzo started to play, you know, a more stricter lineup in the second half against Ohio State, but it it still wasn't enough. This team really, really needs help with shooting and scoring. You know, I I, I wasn't impressed. I stayed away from this game. I considered taking MSU money line or the points just because I was, you know, expecting them to put up a better fight, especially that piss poor performance against Rutgers after 14 days off. They're they're back at it tonight against – Iowa. I hate I that game. They're minus. T- <laughs> I believe they're minus 10 and a half, but I'm sure you and you I plus can play that half. game. Yeah, I'm sorry. Plus 10 and a half. Um, definitely I'm, sure you, I'm sure you and I can get into that maybe a little bit later with our, our pick segment. Yeah, this team, we'll save this that team's for bad. This team's bad. I don't think they're going to make the tournament. This will be the first time in over 20 years that Michigan State hasn't made the tournament, which is a sight to see. But it goes back to what you said, Trevor, about these blue bloods this year. You know, Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Michigan State. Kansas was on the ropes for a minute there, too. Yeah, they, they were. They were. I would have to agree with I that. Think that they're, I think they're in if they went out the rest of their season, which I think they should be able to. But... You know, I'm not the college basketball expert on the show here. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I don't even really know what's going on. I'd say it's a weird, weird time. And, you know, Duke, like, like all these blue bloods that we were just talking about, uh, we're not going to mention the other school from Michigan who seems to be defying most of the odds. Uh, good for them, but go fuck yourself. Like, that's about all I have to say there. Um, I don't know, Josh. Like, it's just – it's – it's almost as bizarre to see all these blue buds not do well as to see no fans in the crowds or to see sports get canceled. Like they're, they're just, it's just as alarmingly disturbingly wrong to me to see all these good teams just not be able to perform. So I don't even know. I don't even know who we root for. If Michigan state's not in the tournament, like, I don't know. I'm not the biggest college basketball guy, but I usually watch because I'm involved because of Michigan state. 
what's a team that that I can maybe throw my money and and my you know my my hopes behind, Josh? Are, are you are you asking this from a gambling perspective or more so the fan fan perspective? You know, a team that you can, uh, maybe, you can root for. Maybe a little bit of both. You know, to me, the clear runaway favorites have to be Gonzaga and Baylor. They're, you know, tiers and tiers above the, the next closest teams. Villanova, Michigan. I don't I don't have a does a team like I got put you on the spot that's my bad does a team like Drake rank 25th right now they're undefeated they've been covering the spread like fucking dogs like what like are they a team that I should continue to maybe find success with as a tournament can like comes closer or should I just abandon them in general the I love them when it comes to betting against the spread for the most part. I think they did lose me one some money at one point. I'm looking at the polls here right now for, for the rankings for college basketball. I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say I'm going to go with Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Texas. Texas? I could get by in Texas. Matthew McConaughey. Sure. Why not? Exactly. Why, why, why not? There's uh, it, just, it, it's tough because I can, obviously I could go with Gonzaga or Baylor, but they're just such easy favorites. And Oh, I don't want to see Gonzaga do well. Uh, not a lot of people do because they, <laughs> they have such a soft schedule, but this, this year's they too short. I, I mean, they haven't made a final four, right? They they have not, but I yeah, think see, I, I, is, I love that record because they're always talked <laughs> about as being fantastic, and then they always don't. They always fucking choke in in March, and I, I just I, I fuck it, I love it. I don't know why I love. It. I think that's the best part about sports. Like I have no good reason to hate Gonzaga. I don't even know what state Gonzaga is in. West Coast. But yeah, it's, I knew it was the West Side. That that's it, and <laughs> I fucking hate them, Josh. Like, I fucking can't stand them. I only think about them usually around February or, right. you know, whenever they or maybe November when the first college basketball polls go out. I see of Gonzaga course. and I'm like, oh, these guys are, they're trash. They're going to fucking choke. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I will, as we, as the tournament gets closer, you know, maybe we see Michigan State going a bit of a fucking heater here. And I don't even have to try and come up with a secondary team, but we're going to give some more coverage as, as that time comes up, comes across. I do want to, Stop talking about this beaten dead horse that is Michigan State basketball after talking about the beaten dead horse that is the Detroit Lions and move on to another beaten dead horse, which is the Detroit Red Wings. They're on a six-game losing skid, Josh, and they they don't look good. They 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 their power play is fucking terrible. Um to be fair, they are ranked twelfth right now for goals. For or goals prevented or you know, some fucking advanced statistic that I'm wondering right now. <laughs> on the blank on. Yeah, they're they're ranked twelfth right now. Uh, the team that's right behind them is the Washington Capitals, which is number one in the NHL points wise. <laughs> like they're that close <laughs> to being good on five on five, but the second they go on special teams, their penalty kills working at like a fucking fifty percent. <laughs> that's uh, that's not gonna get that's you very far. Bad. Not gonna no. get you very far in the NHL. 
they played Tampa tonight. I'm going to keep Brian. Oh, I guess I'll pass that off until a little bit later. But okay, right. a little tease for the people there. They're 0-6. They can't, they can't lose every game. Uh, I'll <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> Josh, I think there's only one more active sports talk about here in the state of Michigan, at least right now, and that's the Detroit Pistons. Where do we stand, sir? Still bad. Still developing. Another Everybody dead go horse. Out. Love that. <laughs> Everybody go out and vote for Jeremy Grant as an all-star because that man, without a doubt, deserves to be at All-Star Weekend. He's so improvement in his game. You know, being able to create for himself, being able to lead this team. He's the only player who really performs consistently night in and night out. You know, we've been seeing a lot more out of Wayne Ellington. Isaiah Stewart keeps doing his thing, keeps showing us why he was meant to be a Detroit Piston. Excuse me. We need to see a little bit more, I believe, out of, you know, Sadiq Bey, Sfi Mikailu, some of those guys. But it's it's a it's a dead horse, Trevor. Detroit sports are at an all time low. Pistons aren't winning anytime soon. Uh, actually, they did beat the L.A. Lakers the other night, but that was, I'm going to credit that to Anthony Davis being out, and and that screwed me in one of my picks because I didn't expect AD to be out, and that completely flustered with with my little gambling that I had going on. But this this team's bad. We're hoping to get a top three pick this year. It's gonna. It's how it's gonna be for the rest of the year. Perfect. Good to see that. All right. Well, I think that that about wraps up what we need to talk about here. It's a pretty dark corner, but I wanna. I wanna end this segment, Josh, on a little bit of positivity. So the future or the present's a little dim across the Detroit sports landscape. Give right. me, uh, give me a positive. Give me, give me your ranking for how you think the Detroit Lions are handling the situation. Let's go back to the stop here. You know, new management, new front office, trade the franchise quarterback. On a scale from one to ten, Josh, how are you feeling at this day and age, February second, twenty twenty one? What grade do you give the Detroit Lions right now? In confidence, fan confidence, how are you feeling? In fan confidence. I I gotta give this, I gotta give this team a B. Uh, yep, yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give them a B plus. I wanted to go A minus, but I think that's just me being too optimistic. But I'm I'm really impressed. You know, for the past five, maybe eight years, this team has really needed to reset. And they refuse to fully reset. They always think they're two or three pieces away from getting into the playoffs and getting that playoff win that the city of Detroit wants so bad. The Lions are going to be bad. I'm used to them being bad. I hope they don't break my hearts. I hope I can make some money off of them. It's going to be ugly, but I think that we finally have the right pieces in place to really move forward in the direction that we really, really need to with the Lions in really resetting, you know, our franchise star, our franchise player, Matt Stafford's now gone. We now need to find a new face of the franchise. You know, is it going to be someone like DeAndre Swift? You know, we Jeff Okuda. We don't we don't know. It's it's too early to tell. I I have 
a lot of confidence in this in this front office and this management and this coaching staff moving forward. How, how, how what are your you know last takes on this, Trevor? Well, Josh, I uh, I'm gonna I hate to one up you here, but I'm gonna one up you here right now. Sitting in early February, I'm flowing at a nine out of ten. Saw a little ninety percent. It's it's very rare, you know, that we get a chance as a Detroit Lions fan to have a reason to really have hope. You hit on that point perfectly. I don't need to reiterate it. It's been a tough go for a while. MCDC and that whole crew so far is bringing some energy. I love the fact that they keep hiring former players. I think this is going to be a very players-friendly locker room. And I think that that's going to bring a positive culture that's going to really try and, you know, promote and and move forward this whole organization. And I couldn't be more excited. That being said, though, I still do think that the Detroit Red Wings win a Stanley Cup before the Lions win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that'd probably be the best bet. On one last note, as we wrap up Detroit sports here, Trevor, the MLB just came out with their, I believe it was their minor league player rankings. And Ooh, the yes. Detroit Tigers I saw have that. five, Trevor, five players top 25 yes sir i believe their first one is spencer spencer torkelson at three i believe casey mize is nine tark school somewhere in there Um, i think matt manning uh, i could be wrong on that but i know that there's five players in the top 25 so the future is definitely looking up for the tigers and i'm not necessarily excited to gamble on them because they're going to be bad, but with AJ Hinch kind of hoping to rebuild this incredible baseball franchise, I think there's a, a lot of optimism here for, for the Tigers moving forward. I'm pretty optimistic on them too, Josh. I think that, you know, as fans, last, last comment here, you know, we're it's going to be dark. The next few years in this podcast, we're probably going to lose a lot of money betting on our favorite teams. We're probably going to see a lot of heartbreak. But I'm thinking by the end of the 2020s, the D- Detroit's going to be a city of champions again, and I'm fucking juiced for it. We appreciate you guys for being along on the ride. We know the pain and suffering we're all about to go through here, but it's going to be worth it. I think we're in good hands. And with that, Josh, let's move ahead here to some early Super Bowl talk. On Friday's episode, we're going we're gonna to go deep dive. We're going to give you guys all the stats, all the prop bets, all everything you're ever going to need to know about Super Bowl 55. But for right now, Josh, let's give our let's just give our takes. How are we feeling? Gut reaction. It's been a week. We didn't have any football on Sunday, which is pretty hard to see. I, I was pretty upset about it. It hurt. <laughs> it wasn't fun. We're about to enter the dark ages between the end of football <laughs> In the, begin- be in the beginning of March Madness, the beginning of the NBA and NHL playoffs, we're, we're about to hit some rocky bumps in the, in the sports road here. Oh, yeah. So let's enjoy this last game. We have, in my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of people, the greatest quarterback to ever sling a football in Tom Brady. Agreed. And we probably have who may go down as one of the second or third best quarterbacks to ever sling a football and Patty Mahomes, definitely one of the most creative, probably the most creative guy I've seen ever play football. Dude's a genius. He thinks so fast. He moves so quick. This is exactly the the young versus the old. It's that it's that meme. 
fuck it's the the grandfather like holding the little kids like walking and mm-hmm. then the little kids are holding the grandfather walking out. i know that it's from some cartoon but i'm not a cartoon guy so <laughs> find me there but uh <laughs> yeah you know what i'm talking about right oh of course excellent radio i'm happy to describe memes inaccurately <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, dude, I'm just, this is going to be hope. I hope that this is as good as everyone thinks it is. My, my one concern as a bit of a pessimist here is that everyone's so excited for it, Josh, that it's just going to under deliver entirely. Where, where are you on the hype meter here? Are you bought in on this? going to be the hype of Super Bowl and living memory. Or are you kind of concerned? No, I, I think this is going to be a, a very, very exciting, you know, Super Bowl matchup. You've got the greatest quarterback of all time when it comes to winning and presumably statistically versus the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now, the most dominant quarterback in the NFL right now. Initially, my, you know, my first initial reactions are, oh, God, Chiefs, only three points. That's this Chiefs offense is pretty, you know, pretty electric and it's pretty hard to stop. You know, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know, they got they got weapons on every skill position that, that, that they have on offense. And they also have that gunslinger. Patrick Mahomes under center and that dude that dude's a baller so I also really really love the over here at 50, I love I the over here Josh I, I fucking love the over here at, at, I believe it's at 56 and a half currently now after well, Florida, I, guess, I mean the game's being played in Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay is relatively weather. closer to the equator and everyone warm knows weather. that when you're close to the equator the ball you can it's not like in the mounds where it just flies better here it's just easier to score points I'm not sure why but it just works better right now I ha- I've done a little bit of research about you know a potential big time parlay you know maybe eight ten legs that I'm looking oh, wow. at yeah, yeah, yeah. However, there's a there's a real side of me that's concerned here, Trevor. Both these defense, both these teams, I believe, have underrated defenses. Now, fifty six and a half. That's kind of a lot of points, and both teams do have a lot of weapons. You know, the the Bucks have Gronkowski, playoff Lenny, Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller. They got a lot of weapons on, on their on their side of the ball, too. <laughs> to me, it's going to come down to defense. But also, it's going to come down to the better offense. And it's so hard for me to go against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. I'm going to have to, you know, really sit down and, and try and think about how I see this game script playing out. I'd love to see a high scoring game. You know, I'd love to see that over hit. However, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold on it yet. There's, there's something that's really holding me back from hammering that over because I know, I know deep down that they can and that both teams are going to be able to hit. I could, I could see this game going to, 34 31. I could see this being a high scoring game, but I also see, 
you know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's some Super Bowl nerves for their guys playing in the in their first playoff, especially on the Bucks side. You know, that's that's essentially Josh. You hit the nail right in the head. That's where my concern starts. Um, two two factors based off Super Bowl nerves. I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to next. You know, it's it's hard to win a Super Bowl back to back. The last team to do it were the Pats with Tom Brady, and they only did it once which is remarkable considering how many Super Bowls they won and how long that those New England Patriots were so competitive. And I think that you're going to get some coaching jitters on behalf of the Kansas City side of the field. Andy Reid has been well known to not necessarily manage the clock to the best of any coach's ability. And I mm-hmm. think that if the game were to be close in certain circumstances, that he may struggle a bit and try to overthink the overthinking of his overthinking, if that makes any sense. That makes um, sense. And conversely, Bruce Arians, I'm not even convinced, knows that he's coaching football. I don't think that he's a bad coach, but I mean, he said in that press conference a few weeks ago, yeah, just kind of let Tom Brady do his thing. It's like, well, that's good because Tom Brady's that good. But I don't know if I trust a coach who isn't coaching. I mean, to not coach, to let Tom Brady coach is probably the best excuse that you can have. Yep, but it's still an excuse. And those guys were so bad early in the year. And I know that's a long time ago. And I know it shouldn't matter. But man, does that leave a sour taste in my mouth? And like this, it's, team, it's hard to ignore. This team, like these teams, kind of remind me a little bit of that Pats versus Rams game. Not to bring back too much Jared Goff talk, but Jared yeah. Goff and those Rams had one of the most electric offenses all year long that the NFL had seen. I think that I was correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. My memory is a bit hazy these days in my old age at 23. But uh, that season that the Rams went to the Super Bowl was that Monday night football game where the Rams and the Saints had that gunslinging shootout that was like over 55. Like each team had almost 60 points, if not more. No, you're, you're right. That was that was Super Bowl. That that Super Bowl happened in 2019, and Trevor, I'm looking at the the box score from that game. 16 points were scored between those yeah, two Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. A 15-4 and four Rams team and a 14-5 and five New England team. 16 points, Trevor. And both that's, those that's teams ridiculous. are pretty electric offensively. And pr- like, the pass defense that year is unreal, and the Rams defense is also unreal. I mean, obviously, but like their right, offenses right, right. were more talked about those in, those in that year for both teams and their defenses were. Oh, and no we're doubt. getting that same conversation this year. And I'm, I'm hesitant, Josh. I, like I said, we're gonna get the deep dive with the stats and the numbers on Friday's episode when we give out our official picks. But a fact, a stat that I'm curious about, Josh, is is what is the over under percentage looking like in Super Bowls? I think my gut reaction is I think it favors the under. But I did. I mean. Uh, these teams should this game if this game happens on any given Sunday over a thousand times. I think the only oh, reason we're questioning it is it's the Super Bowl. So I think that to give you guys, our listeners, the best opportunity for success if you decide to bet with us. And like I said at the top of the show, maybe don't do that. <laughs> but <laughs> if you do, please do it responsibly. And if you have a problem, call one on a gambler. 
that being said, Josh, I'm going to have to hold out Gavin any more context, I think, until I can see some hard numbers in front of me. All I know is that at the end of the day, you're going to have amazing storylines. You're either going to have Tom Brady defeating the younger foe and truly cementing himself as the ultimate man who can beat time itself. Or you have the amazing storyline of Patrick Mahomes looking at the guy who was the former number one and just kicking him squarely in the dick. <laughs> Either way, the folks on the sports media shows like on ESPN are going to go fucking nuts, and I'm here for it. Yeah, definitely. So I guess that being said, Josh, one last question on the Super Bowl before we get into our preview next week. If Tom Brady loses this game and loses it in the fashion not too dissimilar to the way that Drew Brees lost in these same playoffs, does this destroy his career? Like, is his legacy tarnished by him having a really bad Super Bowl performance? Not by not by any means, Trevor. I think what Tom Brady has managed to do this year at the age of, I believe, 43 years old. Yep, 43. Coming from New England to a brand new team, brand new division. I don't believe he played with very many of the players at, at all. And, you know, I don't think this tarnishes his legacy at all. I think what Tom Brady has accomplished this season is is truly remarkable. He was doubted by a lot of people in the NFL industry that he was going to be able to, you know, let alone win a playoff game, maybe two, but take his team in his first season to a Super Bowl. I think that's just incredibly impressive. It goes to show the dominance and the the intelligence and just the NL stardom that, that that Tom Brady brings to this game. And is this the last Super Bowl we ever see him play in? I don't know, maybe, but I, I you know, I'm just going to be very excited and grateful to to have Tom Brady in another Super Bowl to just compete and go out there and do what he loves. I think that's a beautiful way to end it, Josh. And uh, I, I, with that, I'm going to move on to our next segment. I, I can't say it better than how you just did. I I would smash that RT button a thousand times. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, I, I hate to move from so, something so positive to something so negative, but it is my job here. And, and, and that's talking about our betting pass so far. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time, Josh, because we're shockingly running a bit long again. But the NHL has made me their bottom bitch when it comes to gambling. Every single time I think I know just a bit more about it, every time I get a little more confident, I start sprinkling a little bit more money on, I lose. And, and, and it happened. It happens time and time again. I, 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 keep making, I keep making these same mistakes, Josh. And long story short, I need to learn. The thing that I've found that's been working slightly is these, these parlays for player points, especially on teams that are kind of dog shit. Actually, I mean, it's actually been working across most teams. So, like, the Wings, if they're going to score a goal, it's probably going to come off of Dylan Larkin's stick. Might not be him scoring, but he's setting up the player doing something. I have been including him in these same er, multi-game player point parlays where all you're doing is you're saying, if you think that this player is going to get a point, 
I won a decent amount the other day on choosing Larkin, a guy like Nathan McKinnon, who is, in my opinion, the number one player in the NHL. He hasn't actually shown that too much this year so far. He should get on that, but uh, I'm still going to keep making that claim. And I threw in (laughs) Connor McDavid, who everyone else is saying is the number one player in the world. And then I threw in a guy by the name of Sidney Crosby, who was the number one player in the world. Like, on all those teams, if there's goals being scored, those guys usually have their fucking hands on it, and it's been hitting pretty effectively. So if you're betting the NHL out there and you're listening to us, I think that if you're not doing that, it's definitely a fun little option. It it makes games a a little bit more stressful because you can't just even check the score like, oh, you know, the Bruins are beating the Capitals. You're like, oh, shit, who's scoring these goals beating the Capitals? Like, It makes it more fun because you know that there's going to be goals scored in an NHL game. And I think it makes it a little bit less stressful to try and choose which team or, or the total. The total lines have been killing me. I've been riding overs. I've been riding unders. And I've just been losing because <laughs> there's no need to be consistent in the NHL. One day you can come out and score. You know, there's eight goals in the first period the other night uh, <laughs> between Ottawa and Edmonton, which, I mean, that doesn't make a whole ton of sense. And then the next game that they played, there was only four total scored. So it's impossible. If you're betting the NHL, you're getting lucky. So I, I encourage responsibly repetition because it's a numbers game. The more you bet, the more you're going to win. And if you are going to bet, if you're going to bet parlays, I recommend trying to go down that player point model. You can get real spicy and go player goal model, but that's I've gotten burned on that a few times. That's dangerous. Yeah. Josh, how how have you been faring, good sir? You know, if I'm being honest here, Trevor, it, it's been like like you said at the beginning of the show, it's been up and down. You know, I have a good day where I might be up $30, $40. Next day, I'm down $30, $40. So I haven't been, you know, particularly super active like I like I was when we since we've last talked. I had a couple of uh, bets going today. I had Texas Tech covering the spread. That didn't happen. I did see the... <laughs> Tell me about that. Jesus. <laughs> I took, based off of Josh's recommendation, I asked him for some college hoopskiball picks, and he's like, you could ride with me. I'm taking Texas Tech against the spread. Looked at the line, it was six and a half. I was like, yeah, okay. And I didn't really like the odds. So I was like, I'm going to move the line. Move the line to 10. That was, that was a fool's gold. But I also listened to Josh when he recommended to take the under at halftime, and that hit, which saved yes, me. So sir. thank you, Josh. You're welcome. Yeah, I I've, I've definitely think I'm experiencing a, a little bit more success in some of these lives. I looked at the halftime score of this game and saw that it was ridiculously low, and I saw the, you know, the updated over-under, and... By the skin of my teeth, I think I only got it by about three or four points. Yeah, it was I close. Had, it was close. It did get it did get close at the end. So between that bet and another uh, side parlay I had going on tonight in the NBA, I missed four out of five. I would have had a two hundred and twenty-five dollar payout Ooh. on a five dollar wager. Ooh. I think what I'm starting to realize here, Trevor, you know, I I, I try to do a good job of keeping up with my bets and and such. And I'm still working on, you know, my spreadsheet and such. But 
in the stuff that I've looked at, you know, I've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight parlays in basketball. And these are how my following parlay hit percentages go. 80, 100, 100, 50, 50, 100, 66, 80. I don't think those are fantastic numbers, you know, they're no, 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 they're not bad that, you know, I'm always like one game off and, you know, either that game's really, really close or it's an absolute blowout. Right. Tonight's game was really, really close. I think I only ended up losing. I had the Knicks money line. They had pretty good odds and they've done a pretty good job of, you know, uh, covering and, and also, you know, beating teams straight up. So I decided to throw it in there for the odds. It ended up biting me in the ass. And it's usually the bet you throw in there for the odds that fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. And kind of going off that, Josh, I mean, I, I, I've had a little bit deeper of a database here and, and I'm hitting only 70% on my parlays, which tells me that I'm, I'm being a little too risky. I need, I need to tone it back. But I mean, you know, everyone listening, like that's you know, that's the risk you take when you're running a parlay. Those odds are sexy, and oftentimes oh, yeah. you, you got to pay for what you're getting. Um, but if you look at it from like more of a broad perspective, from a you know an earnings perspective, you usually end up doing okay, especially if you're consistently betting. But you should only be consistently betting if you're doing it responsibly. We cannot stress that enough on this show. And I just, you know, I think that. I think that we're we're at a bit of a bit of a crossroads here, you know. I think that we we got real hyped on on football betting. At least I did all year. Oh. I bet I've been on football since week one, so I was pretty <laughs> I was pretty locked in on it all season. And I think that it's gonna take me a little time to transition from the betting on football to betting on the other sports. And I think something, Josh, that I kind of noticed while you're talking there. The difficulty I think that we're having with college basketball and the NHL is that those are just two incredibly variable sports. Oh, no doubt. And in order to combat that, I personally built a model on NHL betting. It's still in its infancy. Okay. Um, All right. But the model so far, what it has shown me with the current logic that it has is that if you're going to bet on an NHL game, take the money line favorite and then take the spread for the opposite. That is like essentially this. what the what the current version of this model has been predominantly predicting, um, except for when you put horrible teams against great teams. Teams right. like Tampa Bay against Detroit, that in that particular game, it's telling you to take Tampa Bay for both money line and puck and line. The spread, okay. And then the model needs to need some work right now. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to start putting out model picks on the show yet because right. I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away. That's, that's not, you know, that's not something that I think is completely accurate yet, but for everyone listening, the model is on its way. And I think by the time it comes, we're going to be pretty excited about it. And I think that we can, I think that it's going to be really good come football season again next year, which I'm, I couldn't be more excited about, especially, you know, with all the talk that we had at the top of the show about Detroit sports and Detroit football, I'm not expecting us to do well, but just, you know, every time August starts to roll around a little bit and the air starts to shift and you you start getting maybe that one little 
cooler night, maybe like a 67 degree night. You're sitting around a bonfire, like, damn, I'm ready to watch fully grown men run headfirst at one another for my entertainment. Can't wait. Nothing beats it. Nope. But Josh, right now, we got to stick with what we got. I'm very excited to see how this NHL season plays out. I heard and saw that LCA is going to start letting some people in. Is that so? Yeah. At least the Wings. I don't know about the Pistons, but the Wings are going to start letting up to 500 guests attend games. Family members of players and season ticket holders get first priority. But I do anticipate, and they like the article indicated that they anticipate those numbers to rise as COVID numbers decrease and vaccine, vaccines, you know, become more well spread. So that's something to give everybody a little bit of hope. Like, I'm excited, you know, getting back into a game, paying $11 for a fucking beer. Uh, nothing Don't on this world it. would make me happier. Don't um, you miss it, Trevor? I miss it a whole a whole lot, Josh. But I think moving on here, keeping with that happy mentality, bringing the vibes up, let's move into our picks for this week. I think that, you know, us being in the right mindset, yeah, there's no way that these picks don't hit. Yeah, that being no, said, Josh, that's a good point. I'm two, six, and one on the show. That's right, folks. I went 0 and 3 last week. <laughs> My my second my second week on or second uh second time on this podcast getting completely shut out. That's always fun. Um so in efforts to not spread my misery across multiple days, all my picks are gonna happen on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that way I can completely move on. Don't have to carry that beast with me on Wednesday and Thursday before we record again before this episode comes out again on Friday. So Josh. My absolute locks for certain gonna make me go three and zero are the battered <laughs> Michigan State Spartans against an elite <laughs> Iowa team. I'm taking them money line. They can't possibly lose every game. Not um, even the spread. It's ten and a half. <laughs> money line, Josh. It's time to fucking nut up and shut up, buddy. Uh, on that same mindset, I'm gonna skip down. To another game with another Detroit team that's just completely getting their teeth kicked in right now. And that's the Detroit Red Wings up against Tampa Bay Lightning, the former most recent Stanley Cup champions, who also look fucking fantastic. I'm taking Wings money line. They, Are they you? can't they can't lose every game. Uh they've lost six in a row, like I said earlier. I'm really Josh, I'm really fucking feeling that maybe at some point, sometime soon, that's gotta shift. And I'm going to take another team that most recently lost from my third pick. And that's the Colorado Avalanche. They're playing the Wild. They lost a pretty intense game this weekend against the Wild. And the Wild are kind of a dog shit team, kind of a dog shit franchise. No offense to anybody living in Minnesota, but I'm not a fan of the Wild. Don't fully respect them as a team. And I don't think the Avs lose two in a row. So that's right, Josh. All three of my teams that I'm choosing for all three of these picks after I went 0-3 on the last show have all lost recently, and two of those three on giant losing skids. (laughs) Can't go wrong. I might fucking parlay that. (laughs) Well, do you want the good news or the bad news, Trevor? Uh, Just give give me the medium news. Somewhere in between. Uh, You're going to... If, if you do choose to take that beautiful endeavor on that parlay, you are going to have to wait till Wednesday because your wings play 
the beloved Tampa Bay Lightning on Wednesday and not Tuesday. I wow. know you were very excited that's, about getting it out of the way. Better. But <laughs> that's even better. Thank you, Josh. You're right. I, I can't read a calendar, people. Apparently, the February 2nd and February 3rd are just easy to confuse in my brain. That's awesome. They're two Thank- different dates. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I don't have to worry about that tomorrow. We just watch the I can watch MSU win in peace, you know, not have to worry about the wings. <laughs> That's uh that's quite an interesting set of, of picks you got for this for this show, Trevor. You know, Baylor, I'm I'm three and six. I went one and two last last uh episode. Not great. The parlay was my surprisingly surprisingly my only bet, and the two other games that I had were Baylor covering the spread, which they, I believe they only cut, they missed covering by about two or three points. So that kind of hurt. And then Texas tech tonight, I don't believe they covered by three or four points as well. So that kind of hurts. So I've got a pick for Tuesday, today, Wednesday and Thursday. Too kind, Josh. Love the confidence. (laughs) On Tuesday, I'm still riding. I'm trying to stay hot, trying to pick up some some extra cheese so I'm not trying to be too risky, you know, headed into Super Bowl weekend because I have a feeling I'm going to get a little over-aggressive with some of my bets, having it be the last football game for – seven months oh yeah. I think that's i think it's really going to get the best of me so i'm trying to go up money as much as i can so today i have baylor money line now we're going to transition to wednesday we're going to stick around in college basketball i've got villanova money line in a nice little parlay to go along with virginia money line they came off a terrible and tough loss to I believe Virginia Tech recently they got beat pretty bad I think they're going to rebound I've got Creighton money line and lastly I've got number five overall Houston money line now into Thursday's pick I think that parlay doesn't have a lot of doesn't have a lot of grit Josh it it doesn't it doesn't have it's the same grit this parlay it's it's i wouldn't say it, it, it lacks the kind of grit that you know michigan state basketball and the wings money line both display but we're uh <laughs> we've got two different definitions of trying to turn it around here <laughs> Fair enough, good sir. I respect it. I, I really like that. I might follow you. Uh, obviously, that wouldn't count on my ticket on the show, but I like the way that it looks, you know, and I wouldn't yeah, mind exactly. making a couple extra bones for the Super Bowl myself. And then my last bet is a nice little inside the NBA, not all inside the NBA, but inside the NBA Thursday night basketball edition. I'm going to take the Jazz money line. They've been playing very well as of late. I believe they've covered in about 12 of their last 14, give or take. They've been one of the hotter teams in the NBA. I believe they have a big matchup. I forget against two, but I'm going to take that. And these seven Sixers money line, arguably playing best team in the East right now. They look very, very good under Doc Rivers, you know, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And lastly, this one's, the, the one pick that I probably shouldn't do because it's going to come back and it's going to bite me in the ass. It's my, it's my small reach, but I'm taking the Mavericks money line Thursday night. 
You know, Josh, I respect that one. Um, as your friend, I hope you go three and zero on the week. I hope you have a huge week. I can't wait to hear about it on Friday. <laughs> as your competitor in this little segment on a little show here, I hope that you get fucked. <laughs> That being said, uh, taking a look, if I did decide to parlay all three of my picks, the odds for that are oh, plus 28.25. So that means $5 <laughs> is going to pay out 141. <laughs> so Vegas obviously isn't really rolling with me this week, but that's Vegas, okay. Vegas doesn't have your back. Nope. But you know what? Fuck them. Just like the stock market, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going up against Vegas. I'm the underdog here. <laughs> I love the underdog mentality. I'm going to roll with it. And Josh, I Absolutely. think for me, that does it for this week's show. I can't wait to talk to you guys again on Friday. We're going to bring you guys all of our Super Bowl predictions, all the deep stats. It's going to be a pretty football heavy show. So strap on for potentially the best Super Bowl of our entire lifetimes and with that i want to thank you guys on behalf of both me and josh for listening to our show today i hope you guys have a great night and a great rest of your week look forward to talking to you guys on friday please also make sure to follow us on twitter at motor city bets thanks so much 